Some big news with Girl Scouts to talk about this morning as Girl Scouts USA has just received the largest gift ever from a single donor. In addition to the national organization, philanthropist Mackenzie Scott hand-selected 29 local councils to receive funds, and Girl Scouts of Connecticut got $2.4 million. So joining me this morning is Diana Mahoney, the CEO of Girl Scouts of Connecticut, to tell us how this will impact girls in our state. Diana, thanks for joining me for this timely topic today. Just to start things off in general, though, tell me about... Girl Scouts of Connecticut and what they do in 2022. Good morning, uh, Wayne. Thank you for having me. So uh, Girl Scouts is the preeminent leadership development organization for girls. We've been around for 110 years, uh, building girls of courage, confidence, and character who make the world a better place. Um, You know, we served uh, 18,000, just over 18,000 girls just last year, and our goal is to grow for this year. All right, and the donation of $2.4 million that goes specifically to Girl Scout groups in Connecticut. How did that come about? Uh, so you would call this a windfall gift. So, uh, you know, we're extremely grateful for Mackenzie Scott's gift to Girl Scouts of Connecticut. Um, very unexpected. Uh, I, have, I received a call out of the blue from, um, from her office, and they let me know that I would be receiving, my council would be receiving $2.4 million. Tell me about that phone call. How surprised were you? How far did your jaw drop? All the way to the floor, I got to tell you. It was, you know, you don't get those calls every day. That's just amazing. And you don't get a call from such an amazing uh, organization as uh, as Mackenzie Scott. Uh, you know, her, her team, um, they've been fabulous. And it's just not, not a call you receive very often, if ever. And uh, like I said, very grateful for being selected uh only 29 out of 110 councils um, were selected by uh, Mackenzie and her organization. Does she have any connection to Girl Scouts? For example, was she once a Girl Scout? That I do not know. Just wonder why you guys got it, but obviously she knows that you guys do great work. So what does this big $2.4 million donation mean for Girl Scouts of Connecticut? So first of all, we hope that this amazing display of generosity inspires others to donate to Girl Scouts of Connecticut during the giving season. Um, You know, and with the the challenges facing girls today, it's critical to invest in their futures uh, in Girl Scout organizations uh, across the nation. Um, So we're really excited to demonstrate what we can do um, with this investment. Um, we're, We're looking at increasing equitable membership opportunities to communities that we would call our underengaged um, that we're not seen visibly. Um, and this includes diversity, equity, inclusion, and racial justice initiatives, um, reimagining the troop experience model to break down accessibility barriers, and to partner with families and communities to holistically support the well-being and development of all girls. And Diana, it's not every day you get a $2.4 million contribution. So I would imagine in the last couple of days, since this news came out earlier this week, you've had meetings and meetings and meetings to decide what you're going to do with that money. What are some of the items at the top of that list? So we have a strategy that we've had in place for several months now. And so now this will allow us to um, accelerate that strategy. So as I mentioned, um, we're, we're working really hard to get into all communities across the state. And, and so that takes a lot of effort and time and people 
to build those relationships into the, all the communities across the state of Connecticut to, to offer Girl Scouting um, to girls that would like to join, uh, making it more accessible. Uh, so those are the types of things we're working on first. And um, we're really looking, really looking at the, the troop model, right? So we have the, con- the traditional troop model. We have girls that can join as an independent uh, meaning they're not part of a troop, they work independently. Um, but we want to make sure that the models or whatever models that we put out there are accessible to all girls um, and that all girls have that opportunity to be part of Girl Scouting. Diana, let's get deeper into the overall Girl Scout experience in 2022. How has it changed in the last decade or the last generation? So, great question. Um, you know, what's remained part of the fabric of Girl Scouting forever has been outdoor experiences, so like camping and hiking and archery. Then there's life skills, first aid, your arts, your civics, cooking, and then, of course, entrepreneurship through our cookie program. What we've added over the years is a huge focus on STEM. So we have lots of badges and and programming all around STEM. Um, And then most recently, a focus on mental health and wellness as uh, our youth today coming out of covid um, I can use some support in, in the health and wellness area. I was an Eagle Scout back in my days in Southern California, and I remember the whole process, starting with Cub Scouts, Wolf, Bear, Lion, Weeblows, and then Scouts, Tenderfoot, Second Class, First Class, Star, Life, Eagle, and so forth. What are the progressions that girls and Girl Scouts go through to get to the highest honors they can get? So they start as a daisy down in the kindergarten, first grade level, and then they, um, they grow up through the program, daisies, brownies, juniors, cadets, uh, seniors, and ambassadors. Uh, and it's at that high school level that they can earn their highest award is the gold award. Um, as you did, I started as a youngster in the Girl Scouting program and also worked my way up to the highest award in Girl Scouting. Um, but it's very, very rare. Um, it's a difficult uh, award um, to receive. Uh, only about 6% of uh, girls across the nation receive their Girl Scout gold. Was it your great experience in Girl Scouts that made you want to give back to Girl Scouting now as the CEO? Absolutely. Absolutely. I loved Girl Scouts uh, as, as I was growing up. Very meaningful to me. Taught me great leadership uh, skills. And then I became a Girl Scout leader once I had a daughter. Uh, so I was a Girl Scout leader for 13 years, and then um, I actually was the service unit manager, so I kept volunteering, and then I joined the board of directors um, much later than that, and uh, when this opportunity came about, I had just retired from my uh, regular career, and, and I have a STEM uh, background. Um, this was just the natural progression for me. And speaking of STEM, I don't recall the acronym STEM being used in my Boy Scout days, but with that background you have in STEM, that's being incorporated now into the programs that the Girl Scouts do. What kinds of programs accentuate the STEM guidelines that you're talking about here? So I'll give you an ex- a couple of examples, um, and it's local troops to where this radio station is, actually. Um, we are... We have a Lego League um, group that is uh, going to be competing in November, um, and I will be meeting with them uh, in a couple weekends. Uh, they've been working every Sunday at coming up with uh, it's a robotics com- competition. So they're 
they're creating a robot that can do a specific activity, and then they compete um, with other teams. Um, that's going to be Troop 65149 um, out of the service unit that Willimantic is part of. And they're called the S'more Smashers, and they're heading to their first LEGO League robotics program. Um, we also, uh, Girl Scouts of Connecticut was chosen by NASA to be a web telescope first images host. So we ran a program in October to view the first images from the telescope. And then we celebrated International Observe the Moon Night at our camp in Lebanon. So we've been doing a number of different things. We had uh, we participated actually with the Boy Scouts uh, at a camp overnight at uh, Sikorsky and learned all about aeronautic engineering. Um, so there's, there's all kinds of different um, badges that girls can work on as a Girl Scout that are in the STEM fields. Wow. And when I first was admitted to UConn, the goal was aeronautical engineering. Didn't quite work out that way, but it's great that you talked about that with the way Girl Scouts are working now. And you touched on some of the local programs, but what else can you say about specific programs or activities that exist for troops within the greater Wyndham region? So Willimantic is part of the uh, Jonathan Trumbull Service Unit, we call it. It includes Chaplin, uh, Hampton, Wyndham, Scotland, Lebanon, and Columbia. Uh, we're currently working on building relationship with Eastern State College to help us start some new troops. Um, I mentioned the one that's uh, the troop from that local troop participating in the robotics competition. We also have uh, Troop 65159, a little shout out to them. They're going to be outside the Horace Porter School in Columbia on Election Day for a cookie booth. So if you need your cookie fix, the only time you can get cookies uh, before the actual delivery of cookies later in March. Speaking of cookies, tell me about the cookie sale, how that program has evolved over the years, and how important that is to keeping Girl Scouting as great as it is. So our cookie program is really all about entrepreneurship. Girls set targets. They set goals. They know exactly what they need to sell. They practice their pitches. Um, and what's changed over the years is, is now there's a digital platform for the girls. So each girl can also uh, not only just uh, have their booth sales or go door-to-door, -door, they can also sell online. Um, and so they can share their videos and share their um, – They some of them make commercials. It's, it's really great. They uh, <clears throat> sell them online on a digital platform um, so that you can get cookies directly delivered to customers or you can have them delivered by the Girl Scout selling them. I'm a Thin Mints fan myself. Now, your Girl Scout camp property in Lebanon, Camp Laurel, has both summer day and overnight camping opportunities. But I'm hearing that Camp Laurel is going to close. Why is that? And what will replace it? So we're very excited. We, we rolled out our long-range property plan um, almost two years ago now. And it, it includes uh, a rebuild of our Yankee Trails camp property in Tolland. Uh, it's very similar in size. Both, both it and Laurel are over 300 acres. They have a pond. Um, so they're very similar in size and feature. But there's more capabilities in uh, Yankee Trails uh, to do all the things that our girls uh, are asking for. So we did put together a girl-led team task force, I'll call it, uh, to help us figure out all of the features that they want in uh, a camp. And we can make those happen at Laurel. Uh, I'm sorry, we can make them happen at Yankee Trails, whereas Laurel we have some real big challenges. Uh, namely, there's a dam um, that's part of that property 
that needs to be replaced, and that would be incredibly costly. And that's just one of the components that um, make it a very difficult place to stay. So we're going to move all that programming into another new beautiful place uh, that won't open for a little while. Uh, we're hoping by the summer of 2024 to have a new um, property ready to go. Would the distance that people from the Wyndham area have to travel to get to Tallinn make it prohibitive to many campers from around here who want to do day camp? So with our day camp programming, we have also added um, more transportation available for girls. So we have a variety of bus routes. We've made them so that we've shortened the routes so that it is uh, more attractive for girls to take the busing that we have available. Um, We experimented with that this past summer, and that worked out quite well, and um, we'll expand on that in, uh, in the future. Diana, given the news about the Boy Scouts reorganizing due to the sexual abuse claims, what does Girl Scouts of Connecticut have as well as policies in place to assure the safety of your girls? Right. So safety and security of children is our highest priority, right, of any youth-serving organization. We have strict policies and procedures designed to help keep girls safe. Uh, You know, if and when we receive any kind of report pertaining to behaviors that would harm others, we move in quickly and we follow the appropriate protocols as mandated by the state of Connecticut. All of our volunteers must uh, complete a background check to participate with our girl members, and all of our properties are are accredited by the American Camp Association and in good standing. And what about disability and handicapped access? Do most of your properties have situations where people in wheelchairs and like can get around? Well, that's one of the great things that we're, is part of our long-range property plan. And, in fact, uh, one of our camps, uh, Camp Antioch, it's a day camp uh, facility, but girls use it uh, in the fall and the spring to sleep there. Uh, we just built a yurt, and it's completely handicap accessible. Uh, we're redoing all of the um, pathways to make sure that a wheelchair can go down them. Um, so as we are rebuilding our camps and reimagining our uh, camp facilities, we are making them accessible. Let me go back to Camp Laurel for a second. Is there any chance that there could be a way to save that property, or is that construction project regarding the dam just prohibitive at this point in time? It's prohibitive at this time. Um, that it would, We've looked into it. We've tried. And it, like I mentioned, that is just one of the factors in that location that um, – that make Yankee Trails the better better of the two options. I have to admit, in my Boy Scout days, there was no girls in our troop. But can boys join Girl Scouts now? No, sorry. <laughs> it is a it's an organization that, that you know gives girls a safe space to be their authentic selves, right? So that they can explore and learn uh, together in a in an environment that is is you know they're free to be them. Diana, what's the age range? Tell me what the youngest age people can join Girl Scouts, and at what point are you too old to be a Girl Scout? Um, girls can join at in the kindergarten level. So once they are in uh, kindergarten, five, five years old. And um, senior in high school is the last year, and, and once they graduate high school, they can become an adult member um, if they so choose, and we hope that they do. They can become a lifetime member and always... Uh, have ties to Girl Scouting. And now that we've inspired people who want to join Girl Scouts, let's say there is a girl or maybe the parents of that girl who want to know more about how to join Girl Scouts, how can they do it? Please visit our website, 
www.gsofct.org, and you will find out all kinds of information. Um, I, I, I hope everyone that is interested in either volunteering or becoming a member, please go to our website and see all the great things that, uh, that we have to offer, and you can uh, register right there online gsofct.org, all one word there, gsofct.org. Diana, this is very timely. Thanks for joining me, and congratulations on the great news of the $2.4 million donation going to Connecticut Girl Scouts from Mackenzie Scott. Thank you so much for having me, Wayne. You have a great day. You bet. As that is Diana Mahoney, the CEO of Girl Scouts of Connecticut on 14 WILI Willimantic and 95.3 FM.